This podcast may contain adult language and situations, graphic, gory details, and other not-so-nice things. Listener discretion is advised. I'm Ashley. And I'm Lacey. And this is United States of Murder. This week, we're in Wisconsin talking about a straight-laced churchgoer with a dark side. Then we'll discuss a web of lies that ends in murder. So buckle up and join us on this dark and twisted ride through America's Dairyland. The United States has been studying the life histories of mass shooters for the past few years for a project funded by the National Institute of Justice. The database consists of every mass shooter who shot and killed four or more people in a public space dating back to 1966. The goal of this project is to find new, data-driven pathways for preventing future shootings. Not all mass shooters are alike, but their data has revealed four commonalities. The first is that the majority of mass shooters have experienced early childhood trauma and exposure to violence at a young age. Second, Almost every mass shooter that was studied had reached an identifiable crisis point in the weeks or months leading up to the shooting. For example, a breakup, sudden death, or a job loss. Third, most of the shooters had studied the actions of other shooters and sought validation for their motives. Fourth, the shooters all had means to carry out their plans. Hopefully, their data will soon drive effective prevention strategies Each time a high-profile mass shooting happens in America, a grieving nation scrambles for answers. Who was this person and how could they have committed such an unspeakable act? What led them to snap? Sometimes, like in the case I'm about to tell you about, we will always have more questions than answers. Terry Ratzman was a gardening churchgoer who grew up in New Berlin, Wisconsin. New Berlin is a city located along the Milwaukee-Waukesha County border. Terry served in the U.S. Coast Guard from 1978 to 1982 and was honorably discharged. After that, he worked computer technician jobs through ADECO, which is a human resources firm. He never married and lived with his mom and older sister, Cheryl. So, Terry was a quiet guy. He was known as an average Joe by all means. He did suffer from depression on and off. And by spring of 2005, he was on the verge of losing his job. And I'm not sure why he was on the verge of losing his job. But he was an avid churchgoer and attended the Living Church of God. What religion is that? Well, it's classified as independent Christian. I don't know what that means. I don't know if they call it a denomination or not, but they place a strong emphasis on using world events to prove that the end of the world is near. But I feel like that's a lot of Christian denominations, so I honestly don't know a lot about this. Yeah, I feel like everybody does that. But on February 26, 2005, a sermon upset Terry. The sermon was called Two Trees, Two Houses. From what I found, it had something to do with people's problems being of their own making, Totally different from Two Girls, One Cup. (laughs) Not the same. I was wondering why that was familiar. Not even close. Maybe that's why he was upset. No. But 
something about this really bothered him. And I don't know. No one knows exactly what it was. Maybe he didn't want to face that he had caused some of the own problems in his life. I don't know. So he got up and walked out before the closing prayer that he was supposed to give. So he was not happy. But no one else had this reaction. So everyone's like, okay, that's weird. Yeah. So soon after this, Terry told a hardware store clerk that he was angry at his church, random person to tell, by the way, and that the Sheraton is going to be on the news. So The Sheraton Hotel? Yes. And this is because the church did not have its own building, so they met at a Sheraton Hotel, a Sheraton Hotel conference room in Brookfield. Ew. <laughs> I don't know how common that is. I don't but know either. I'm sorry. Maybe it's nice. Maybe it I like a Sheraton. So on March 5th, Terry skipped the church service and the potluck gathering afterwards. Oh, I hate a potluck. No. I don't love a church potluck, but I like a potluck. I mean, if it's like Friendsgiving. Yeah. But that's, like that's at work. Fun, oh, you don't like a word potluck? Yeah. Well, like they'll order food in sometimes. <sighs> and it's just like big tubs that's of like chewies or, or they'll bring food like our Thanksgiving where everyone makes a dish and brings yeah. it. Can't if I if I can't go first, I'm not going. I don't like people digging oh, in the food. Okay, I forgot. Ashley hates buffets. I can't do a buffet. Okay, okay. I can't do a potluck. It, you I don't, don't like multiple people mulling around the food. <laughs> no, you don't okay. need to like pick up a corn on the cob, put it back down because that one didn't look good. Or okay. I, I get it that. grosses me out. I can't I do it. That. It's, okay. No. Well, that makes sense. So I don't blame him for skipping the potluck. So anyways, continue. (laughs) So this was unusual for him, though, to skip the church service at the very least because he was considered devout. Later that week, Terry left some molds in the sink and (laughs) your face. So he planned on making soap soon. He was a soap maker and he had soap molds. He was prepping for the week ahead of some soap making. Maybe that's how he wound down. But what year was this? 2005. <laughs> Did he have an Etsy? I don't know. Maybe? He I don't sell think. this soap? I Lacey's like, you're focusing on the wrong thing. I don't know if he sold the it's soap. It's irrelevant. Surely he did because, like, that's a lot of soap. I mean, I've made soap before. It lasts too long to keep for yourself. But anyway, according to his sister, Cheryl, who lived with him in the same house, he didn't seem bothered by anything. But he was the kind of guy that would bottle his feelings, so he wasn't exactly airing his grievances or anything. So on Friday, March 11th, Terry went to work as usual and ate lunch alone. That afternoon, he went out on an assignment with other employees. He also had a talk with a supervisor about being trained the following Monday on a new computer program. Around 7.30 p.m., before his sister Cheryl left for work, she had seen her brother Terry. He was complaining about a computer problem, so she let him use hers. Terry was very close with his former pastor, Reverend Glenn Gilchrist, and talked to him every Friday. The Reverend had moved from Milwaukee to New Mexico a few years prior, so maybe that's why he was so upset at the sermon. He misses his old pastor. I don't know. But on this particular Friday, he was not able to get a hold of this Reverend. So the Reverend was in Arizona, the phone reception was bad, and he could not take the call. Okay. They missed a Friday. Yeah. The next morning, on March 12th, Terry went to a 12.30 p.m. service at the Sheraton. So they met on Saturdays, not Sundays. Mm -hmm. So they were like maybe Jehovah's Witnesses or something. They aren't Jehovah's Witnesses. 
I can't remember why it said they went to church on Saturdays. If you're a member of this church, yeah, hit me up. They're not Jehovah's Witnesses. Uh-huh. Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. Moving they on. They went to church on Saturdays. Okay. So his mom and his sister didn't attend church with him, like they didn't go, period. But his mom surely remembered hearing his pickup truck drive away. Just 30 minutes later, he returned to the house. She got up to use the restroom and said good morning. He quickly changed his clothes, and then he put on blue jeans, a gray knit shirt, and a brown leather jacket, and left again. So turns out, he arrived to the Sheraton early, like earlier than the service would start, and a 14-year-old girl in attendance walked by Terry. She normally would have said hi to him, but his face was dark red and she knew something was wrong, so she didn't say anything. He walked straight to his truck and left. He only lived five minutes away. Right. So he left, went to his house, and then Terry went back to the Sheraton and backed his truck into an in spot in the lot which faced the hotel. This was also beside an access road. So he walked just 200 feet to the north entrance of the church. It was our, I mean, he left church, so it was already, it was still going on. It started with a few opening songs. There was a prayer, you know, the whole thing. Then Deacon Glenn Diekmeyer gave a sermon. He was just 20 minutes into it when Terry walked through the room's back entrance, which faces the backs of the church members. There are about 60 or so of them. Mm -hmm. He was silent and expressionless. He faced the Gregories, a family seated in the back row, and pointed a 9mm Beretta handgun at them and fired. A family? Yes, a family. Of chi- have children? Yes. Ugh. After this, in a quick succession, Terry fired 22 shots at the church members who were in sheer panic. Yeah, it was... Mm-mm. People weren't for sure if it was random or if it wasn't, but... If the one's after the family, he killed the minister, so that seems pointed. The minister and six others, including the minister's son. Four others were wounded, one critically. Then he turned the gun on himself and pulled the trigger. He took his own life. In the shooting, Terry murdered Pastor Randy Gregory, age 50, James Gregory, age 17, Harold Diekmeyer, age 74, Gloria Critari, age 55, Bart Oliver, age 15, Richard Reeves, age 58, and Gerald Miller, age 44. Ages all over the place. Yeah. Mergene Gregory, age 52, was in the hospital in critical condition, and another 20-year-old man and a 10-year-old girl were hospitalized. They survived. Awful. Terry did not leave a suicide note with any sort of explanation for the killing, so we can only speculate investigators thought it was because he was on the verge of losing his job and also upset over the sermon at the same time. Some neighbors said he suffered from depression and also had a drinking problem. A friend of Terry said that he had a temper and was a frustrated man because he couldn't get a date. I feel him, Ophelia. I'm not going to shoot anybody, though. Yeah. It's very frustrating. I'm sure he was, but you don't know. No, that's ridiculous. Yeah. A neighbor of his said that Terry wasn't a dark guy. He was an average Joe, and he never pushed his beliefs on anyone. This was a guy that would use humane traps to catch and free squirrels that got into his yard. He was a gardener, so he didn't want squirrels messing with it. So no one thought he was capable of anything like this. No. Douglas Morgan, professor at Columbia Union College in Tacoma Park, Maryland, 
is not familiar with the Living Church of God, but has researched the group's former parent, the Worldwide Church of God. He said the worshipers share theological roots with Adventists and believe that the prophecies do indicate that we are in the final days. There is still a belief that the history has been charted in advance. While they subscribe to this end-of-time prophecy that foresees a violent end to the world, Morgan stressed that the Church of God believers are peaceful and generally fit into the Christian mainstream. He said, from what I know of them, they're very mainstream, low-key, and peaceful people. I mean, it's all speculation. I don't think the church really made an impact on why he did what he did, but he right. was upset over something, and it's just like someone you don't see as a red flag at all just That's comes terrifying. to church that he's a member of. That's terrifying. Got most of my info from CBS, The Freeman, Nine News, and GM today. Mm-mm. Yeah, it's a. I don't. I didn't want to cover a mass murderer, but like a mass shooting. Yeah, because those are so. I yeah, mean, they're like, all terrible. I don't need just, to say that, but yeah, they are. It's just sometimes you're just trying to grasp why would someone do this? Just stop going to church there, really. Like go to a freaking different church. But like you said, if it wasn't necessarily anything personal, maybe that's just. Since he was all alone, that was yeah. the only way he could take out. doesn't yeah. fucking matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah. We can make excuses and, all day. It's horrible. his mom felt awful for the sure. victim's families. They, they did not see any signs. They were, well, no. And I mean, that's her kid. So, mm-hmm. of course, she's... Uh, we're going to need a drink after that. Indeed. Indeed. Okay. Let's crack into yours. All right. Here we go. Not a big sigh already. Yeah. July 7th, Chandler reported his parents missing. He said he last saw them on July the 2nd while he was helping them pack for a trip to their cabin on one of the Great Lakes. It was July 4th weekend and there had been a storm, so they were going up there to check on all that Mm -hmm. and clean up and all the things. They were going to ride up with some of their friends and were supposed to be back after the weekend. The last communication he had with his mom was on July the 4th. All phone calls started going straight to voicemail, according to Chandler, like their phones were turned off or maybe the batteries were dead. Chandler's parents were Bart and Krista Halderson. They went to college together at the University of Wisconsin in Madison and were married in July of 1994. They had two sons, Mitchell, born in 1997, and Chandler, born in 1999. The family lived in Windsor, Wisconsin, which is about 15 miles north of Madison. So this is a small town, and there's not a lot to do except go to the lakes. Bart worked as an accountant, and Krista as a stay-at-home mom until the boys were older. Then she went to work as an administrative assistant for an automobile company. They loved spending time together as a family, going to football games, hanging at their lake house at Sawyer Lake, about three hours away. They were very involved in the community, like the Kiwanis Club yeah, and, and all that shit. That. Bart loved to play golf, and Krista just completely doted on the boys. So, fast forward, 2020. 24-year-old Mitchell was working in Madison and was engaged. Chandler was 23 and had a girlfriend, but he still lived at home while he was taking online classes for removal research engineering, which sounds super hot. (laughs) 
He had a certificate in renewable energy, and okay. he was an Eagle Scout, which is the highest you can get Ooh. in the Boy Scouts BSA program. He volunteered part-time as a scuba diver for the Madison Police Department. So, wow. Somebody goes into a river, he dives down and, like, That's retrieves cool. the body or the things. Huh. He had planned on moving to Florida and going to work for SpaceX, the Elon Musk company. Oh. You might have heard of that guy. I don't know. <laughs> so after he graduated from college, that was his plan. Got it. But That's in the but big in plan. The, yeah, big plan. But in the meantime, he worked uh, for an insurance company answering questions on a message board. So everybody is sailing along smoothly. The whole family's just getting everybody's lives are good. The boys weren't necessarily close brothers, but they would play video games together, like mainly the shooting ones. I'm not a gamer. I don't know anything about this, <laughs> but once when Mitchell was sick, Chandler gave him a bullet that was engraved with Get Will Soon on it. Okay. I mean. I mean, whatever. <laughs> so the police said Chandler seemed off when he made this report. Like maybe he was tired or, you know, something yeah. was going on. He was slow to answer their questions. He, you know, filled out a report with the police and then the police go to his house to check things out. Chandler gives them permission to go inside. They search, and they immediately notice there are pieces of a wall missing. They also notice that both his parents' cars were still there. Mm. And Krista had left a note saying, if you need anything, call this coworker and left their name. So they contact this person, and she said, this is completely abnormal. Krista didn't show up for work on Friday. She didn't take off. That's She was a great employee. Another employee is called that, you know, she works with, and she said she actually went over to Krista's house on Friday to check on her since she didn't come to work, and Chandler had opened the door just out of the shower and was standing there in a towel. He told her that his mother and father had went to the lake, he had a huge bandage on his foot, and he told her he had cut it, and there was blood all over the place, so she couldn't come inside. So later that night, another detective comes over and interviews Chandler. He tells her the same thing. He helped him pack for a trip, put some tools in there since it had stormed and they were going to clean a bunch of shit up. That they were gone when he woke up on Friday morning, so he never actually saw who picked them up. He said there isn't a lot of cell service out at the lake, so... It's not unusual that I haven't heard from him, but they should have been home by now. So, thus, the missing persons report. The police then interview a neighbor who Chandler had eaten dinner with the night that he had reported his parents missing. He said he was told the same story at the lake, but that dad had taken a large amount of cash out and a lot of alcohol. The neighbor said that was... Hmm. Very unusual because mm-hmm. Bart was a cheapskate and would never have cash on him. <laughs> so and it's the equivalent yeah. of Sam taking out a bunch of money. Right. Lacey's that's husband, I'm calling him out. <laughs> uh, like, so, no, you would yeah, not. No, that, that's a first no. No, <laughs> Sam would not do that. So Mitchell is contacted by a friend of his mom's and then his brother, who that's when he found out that his parents were mm-hmm. missing. So he calls the police. They all go to the cabin because he's closer to where the cabin is. It was locked, so they break inside. There's not been any anybody there. 
that's completely empty. There's no sign of anybody. Neighbors said they haven't seen anyone either. Hmm. So police then interview Chandler's girlfriend. She says on July 8th that she had um, been with Chandler several times over the past couple days and he was totally normal. Hmm. They spoke to her parents and they told a different story. Her parents. Her parents. Okay. They told the police that Chandler had been out to their place a few days before on July the 5th around 530 and he was driving his dad's Subaru. He asked if he could swim in their pool and they were like, well, of course, you know, yeah, you can come yeah. swim in the pool. So he was gone for about an hour or so, she said. So she's driving through, I guess they have a big farm. So she's driving through and she sees that Chandler's dad's Subaru is parked kind of back along a wood line mm. and the back was popped. Okay. She wasn't sure what he was doing. Mm. She said she'd previously, previously talked to him about coming out and doing some target practice. And he told her that he would love to do that. I guess they all were very gung-ho about weaponry. <laughs> and so he tells her he's got a military-type gun like an AK-47. But she told him, no, don't, don't, no, no, no. Don't bring that out here. That's way too big for what we're doing. That's not the kind of shooting we do. Oh, Lord. And then she tells the police, and I have seen buzzards flying around our property, so that's very off because we don't see them. So, uh uh. So the detectives walk over to this shed area and then they walk along the wood line, just kind of checking shit out. And the detective notices a pile of dirt that had some sticks and stuff thrown on top of it. Oh, Chandler. So he walks over a bit closer to get a better look and sees a human torso. It's a white dude. Had gray pants on and a black belt and a rope that was tied around the waist and was shirtless. They then walk over to the actual shed area and there was a large barrel inside. They look in it. And there is a saw blade, a pair of bolt cutters, and some pruning shears. And what looked like some kind of slimy stuff all over it. Maybe fatty tissue. Yeah. They find a plastic bag, like a Walmart sack, that had cleaning stuff inside and smelled like alcohol. Like rubbing alcohol. This was at the sister's parents? The girlfriend's parents. My bad. The girlfriend's yes. parents' the house. girlfriend's parents' house. Or yes. their estate or whatever yeah. we call yeah. it. Farm right. land. Farmland. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So, this Walmart bag or plastic bag had blood spatter on it. Mm. And there was a rifle found in a barn nearby. Not on this property, but a barn in oh like an adjacent gosh. property. What a mess. So, the same day, Chandler goes on the news and is talking about his parents. If anybody has any info, please come forward and goes over what had happened and how he, it was just too much. He went verbatim, how he helped him pack, how he had to pack tools, that there had been a storm, that there was no, you know, friends picked, it was too rehearsed. Mm -hmm. Chandler is brought back to the police station and is re-interviewed. They ask him about the cut on his foot. He tells them he had been messing around with the dog, broke some glass, and that's how he cut it. 
He explains that's how blood got all over my house is because I cut my foot and had to walk upstairs or wherever to get some bandages. He tells them he used peroxide to clean up the blood and a Swiffer. He said the biggest spot of blood was downstairs, like close to the chair. That's where it happened. Police aren't buying this. They start questioning him and telling him, basically, we know what happened. Stop, stop lying. We know what happened. We know they're dead. And we know why. But you need to tell us the truth and basically stop all this bullshit. Mm. Towards the end of the interview, he asks for an attorney. They place him under arrest for providing false information in a missing persons case. They tell him that the people, they tell him that people have told them information. They never went to the lake. They never went to the cabin. Chandler asked the detective, I'll tell you everything. The detective says, you can't. Sorry, you've already asked for an attorney. Mm. So now we have to wait for an attorney to get here. Oh, so if you've asked for an attorney you can't and then talk. you're like, I take it back, you can't no, take it back. you can't okay. take it back. You already asked for an attorney. So if they oh. ask you questions after you've okay. asked, then they're violating your Miranda okay. rights. Yeah. So then that's a big mess. You don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. So they book him and he's waiting on his attorney. They take photos and collect his DNA. And he had bruises all over the back of his arms and legs and knees. They re-interview the girlfriend. And she tells them that she actually got bandages and a Swiffer for him. But he told her he had cut himself. So she thought she was helping him Uh -uh. do that. So she knew he had a gun, like a military-type weapon. Mm. And police found a shell casing while they were searching the home that matched this gun. So he's, he's done. It's, it's done. A woman calls the police after all this comes out and says that she saw someone that could have been Chandler, which, you know, matched his description, walking in Sox City, which was about 20 miles away from their home, and he was carrying a backpack. He was walking away from the river, she said, and was acting strange. So police go out there to see if they can find anything, and they search and find a human leg. From the thigh all the way down to the foot. Close to it was possibly another thigh, but it was kind of mangled. So they couldn't really tell and it was rotten. And then they found a foot. Another body part about the size of a football with a bone sticking out. Mm. So they've got all these different body parts and they can't really tell what anything is other than obviously there's toes. So they know that's a foot. So the state performs an autopsy on the body parts and torso found at his girlfriend's parents' property, and it comes back positive for Bart Halderson, Chandler's dad. They couldn't really determine the time of death, which is honestly just a guesstimate anyways, but they did know that he had died from a gunshot wound. Mm. There was a gunshot wound to the abdomen and back of his neck area and an exit wound under his right rib cage. So Chandler is formally charged with his father's murder, mutilation of a corpse, hiding a corpse, and filing a false police report on a missing person. Mm. His mother's body has still not been found. So they call in divers to search nearby bodies of water and find nothing. So they decide to search the house again. 
luminol testing is performed and the basement lights up. There is blood everywhere. Shoe prints in the laundry room floor, bathroom floors, baseboards, vacuum cleaner. It's everywhere. They found blood in a drain by the freezer. I guess they had like a drain in Mm -hmm. their basement. Bone fragments in the fireplace, a pair of shoes in the garage. And inside the shoes, they find his parents' driver's license and cell phones. They pull the cell phone records and the cell phones had never moved from the house. He sent messages to and from these cell phones that were literally sitting on the same table. Like he would text his mom hey, when are you coming home? And he would use her phone and immediately text himself back mm-hmm. saying, I'm, I'm coming home on the 4th or whatever. So, test results come back from the other body parts they found in Sauk City, and they were Krista's, Chandler's mother. Oh. Now he's been charged with her murder as well. He pled not guilty, but we all know who he is. Well, yeah. His trial would last only 16 days. Wow, that's really short. Prosecutors would say that these parents loved him, but they enabled him. Okay. Yeah. No. They, no. Yeah. That they enabled him. They loved him too much. You don't enable your kid to yeah. kill you. I'm sorry. Yeah. They no. loved him sorry. too much, That's... so he couldn't take responsibility for his actions, so he panicked and murdered him. So he, the they prosecutor s- was blaming the victims. dead victims, the victims yeah. for being dead or yeah. being murdered. Oh, okay. Wow. So... Mm. They say that Chandler murdered them because his dad found out he was lying. About what? Everything. He wasn't working for an insurance company. He wasn't taking online classes. He wasn't a certified scuba diver that wait, volunteered oh my for gosh, the police department. Wait, all of that? And was... he wasn't going to SpaceX in Florida. He had set up fake email addresses to communicate with his dad pretending to be college professors. Oh my gosh. And set up fake email addresses to communicate with his dad as an HR person from the insurance company that he was supposedly working for. Take all that energy and use it in doing well in school. So all, he wasn't doing anything at all and had made up all these lies. And told, How much work is it to do all that crap? It dry, I can, mm. told all these lies to everybody. Did his girlfriend think he... Yeah. He lied to all these people. Everybody. So was he just going to kill every human I, he'd ever talked to? I mean... I'm like, what's going to happen when you were supposed to go to Florida to go to work at SpaceX? Yes. Went through all of this work and lies. So this all came out when his dad contacted the college to get some transcript for his son's college courses. Hmm. They told him he was not a student there and hadn't been. His dad wanted to you know, have a meeting at the college to discuss Mm -hmm. all this. And on the day he was supposed to go meet, that's when Chandler shot and dismembered him. When his mother got home later that day from the grocery store, he killed her too. Wow. He dismembered them with a saw, tried to burn their heads in the fireplace, and then gathered their remains and dumped them in the river on, Mm. and then dumped them in the river and on his girlfriend's parents' property. Neighbors would testify that after his parents were killed, Chandler had come over asking everyone what security systems they had, like he was Uh, trying to get the tapes. Oh, my gosh. His parents had a million-dollar life insurance policy, not including the home. In January of this year, 2022, the jury found Chandler guilty of first-degree intentional homicide for his father and guilty of first-degree intentional homicide of his mother. He was found guilty on all eight counts. 
He asked the judge not to be present during the sentencing, but the judge was like, too fucking bad. You're going to be here. Mm -mm. Chandler spoke at his sentencing, addressing the judge, saying he would appeal and that any attorney listening should please reach out to him. (laughs) He was sentenced to three years for false police reports, seven and a half years for both counts of mutilation of a corpse, seven and a half years for both counts of hiding a corpse, and also receive life without parole for each count of intentional homicide. Ugh. The end. Killed his parents because he lied. It's, and they found out about it. It's beyond no. And his poor brother now yes. has lost both of his parents mm-hmm. and his brother. Mm-hmm. All in one. Just mm. And I did read... Um, that his grandmother, I don't know if it was uh, maternal or paternal, made a victim impact statement mm-hmm. and said, you know, I, I know that you see him as a murderer and a bad guy, but that's my grandson. I've already lost two people. I don't want to lose him. Basically, have mercy on him. I love him. You gosh, know, he that is messed so, up. Mm. Which is what most grandmothers would do. But anyways, awful, terrible. Yeah. Big fat liar murdered his... Parents, his parents who, like, loved him and coached Little League and made his fucking Halloween costumes and yeah. threw birthday parties. And it's rare. I remember, oh, gosh, what's that book? I the Gift know. of Fear. The Gift of Fear. And it talks in there. It's a really good book. But he talks about how most children that kill their parents or shoot up a school or whatever mm-hmm. usually have trauma of some sort. It's right. rarely that a kid will just wake up one day and do- choose violence. Yeah. So this is seems rare that, yeah. I mean, I know he was spiraling into lies and was doing it and he, well, he wasn't a child well, per se. I, like, I shouldn't call him a, a but, child. But he it's was, like, why yeah. were you trying, why did you feel the need if your parents weren't like, you know what I mean? Like, we hear these stories of, like, dads who are super stern and hard and mm-hmm. have high expectations for their kids, but it didn't appear that he was even one of those. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's senseless. It's just completely senseless. Ugh. So, anyways. What Moving else you got for us? on, we, we have on. some new patrons. I love it. Yeah, let's switch gears. Um, So, Andrea B. from last week, she messaged us. She's from sunny Florida. Cool. Yeah, we don't have a lot of love for from Florida yet. We only have this is our second one. Yeah, she's our second one. Yay. So we're happy to have you, yes. Andrea. And we have Mackenzie L from Texas. I haven't added her pin yet, so I'm not. I, I was can't looking. Remember. The pins like, aren't on. Yeah, we needed more love from Texas too. It's a big Thank state, you. and we don't have very many. Thank you. And we have Gladys H. I'm not sure where she's from yet, but. Doesn't matter. Thanks, Gladys. Thank you. Gladys was my granny's first name, so I'm like, aww. Aw. Yeah, love that. And then we have Michaela S. Oh, man. Yes, I know. We're not sure where she's from yet, but Doesn't matter. if they tell us, I'll bring it up next time. Thanks. We've gotten a lot of cocktail love, which is super exciting. Lacey um, loves to make us a drink. I do. Today I made us, I haven't even named it yet. It's just. It was good. It was vodka, orange juice, lime, and cranberry. And then I made a raspberry. Raspberry. Very puree with a <laughs> syringe and it Swear. oozed out like blood. Anyway, it was good. Yeah. I was, was pretty worried. Good. I winged it too. I didn't measure anything. I was just like, doop, doop, doop. Maybe I need to just stop measuring. She's going to start being a bartender. I'm going to moonlight. No. So also, okay. Steph B bought us a couple cocktails this week and she said, 
please have a pumpkin beer, but make sure you put a cinnamon and sugar rim on it. Cheers. Thanks for introducing me to Froggers. I'll never sleep again. <laughs> You're welcome. And I, have you seen that movie, Steph, with you, Helen Hunt? Go you watch are it. welcome, but I will not be having a pumpkin beer. Okay. Lacey will have one. I'm not a beer fan, but I like sours, gozas, and I do like pumpkins. I, I'll, I'll try always. It. I'll my try problem it. is, though, I'll lick the whole rim off. Before I've barely drank the beer. <laughs> Where have you been all my life? <laughs> Where have I been? Oh, man. So I'll do that for you, Steph. I'll try one. And Just pour me one in the, the little Rock Town sampler shot glass thing. We got some love from Rachel from Idaho, which was super exciting. We've gotten some Idaho love. So thank you so much, Rachel. And then... Another person, Shay from Boise, Idaho, <gasps> two Idahos, said, bought us some cocktails, said, just wanted to give you a shout out from your fran- from your fans in Idaho. We know you love our potatoes <laughs> and we are huge fans. Cheers. Yay. Thank you, Shay. Thanks. And thank you, Steph. We do love your potatoes. We, we do. We're a girl after carbs. I mean, Make we love no carbs. We love it. vodka. We do. Those Which are the things. Potatoes. Made from potato, potatoes. Potato. So I did go to Trader Joe's, assuming they would have Kringles, and I thought I'd buy one. Guess what? They Lacey were dropped the ball. They were sold out. In a nutshell, Lacey dropped the ball. I made a mistake. I should have went. Mistakes were made. I should have ordered one. So I will order one, and when it comes in, we'll do a tasting <sighs> reveal. You can't on that. go wrong. We're it's a get Danish. One of, or, it's a Danish. Or it's a bread. We'll get one eventually. Golly, I guess we're going to actually have to order one. I'm excited about this, but. What else did we get in the meantime? I feel like we got something. Nope. Not for this. Okay. Well, I want to say something. Sure. 100 episodes. Oh my gosh. I just saw that and I'm like, we didn't even know. 100 episodes. We have made it to 100. Feels like 1,000 episodes. It does. It's this like a lot of work. It y'all. is a lot of work. It's, and we have day jobs. That's awesome. And night jobs. I'm proud, of, I'm proud of you, Lacey. I'm proud of you. Thank you. And also, I wanted to talk about all these new scary movies that are out. Out? Like, like in theaters or streaming. Tell me, because I don't know. Jeepers Creepers Reborn, which I've heard mixed reviews about. That's out? It's it, You can stream it. <gasps> Where? I don't know. Judas. I know. <laughs> Good Halloween Ends. Starts this Friday in theaters, which... Just I'm, send me a picture of okay, that list. I will. I'm glad Halloween Ends is ending because it's enough. That meme that's like, if Jamie yes. Lee Curtis doesn't do this, it's... I'm, I'm, I'm bringing her to... Yeah. Oh, my gosh. The new Hellraiser. Yeah. It's streaming. And there's one coming out. I believe it's on the 28th. And it's a demony movie, which is my jam. <sighs> I like demon movies, it's too. It's only in theaters. And witchy movies. Oh. The 28th. It's called Pray for the Devil. Ooh. It looks scary as fuck. I'm not going to lie. That sounds right up my alley. What I does love that a demon. Say about me. Ooh. I love a demon. You have to look at the trailer. But yeah, those are all the new movies, Ooh, yeah, Halloween-y movies that are out. That's exciting. I'm going to so have many. to. You were just saying last week. Yeah, I felt. Well, and then I saw on Peacock, I got a thing that popped up that said Halloween's going to be on Peacock. So What? Halloween. The new one? Yeah. It's going to be streaming on Peacock. Shut up. Yes. So I can watch it from my home. We should do a movie night. We need to. Even Max can watch that, right? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. No, no. He can watch like, I mean, he's watched like the Halloween and the Screams 
and like the Jasons because like he knows that this is pretend we've watched the videos of them putting the makeup on. Right. He's never seen a nightmare on Elm Street because yeah, some, I feel like that's some, too much. Yeah. You, and you know your kid. Everyone yeah. knows their kid. Something scares them more than other things scare right. them. Like when I was a kid, aliens. I thought I was going to get abducted by an alien. No, no. So anything alien, I would truly have nightmares for forever and ever and ever. Amen. Period. Well, we, we watched um, Annabelle. Like mm. he's seen all the mm-hmm. Annabelles and like that doesn't scare him. Yeah. But there are, like you said, there are certain things mm-hmm. that yeah. I, as a mother, am making a call. And I'm right. like, no. Like That'll he's not him. watched anything super gory like any of the saws yeah texas chainsaw massacres none of that stuff mm-hmm. we're not sawing people's necks off i mean i was talking out of both sides of my mouth as <laughs> a scream they're like stabbing people but anyways yeah. i know my kids limit yeah don't call every, dhs on no, me everyone and everyone's different you can't just say all kids can't or you know right. i was i watched halloween when i was a kid oh my god i love scary movies which I watched is it by myself with my friends in the living room yeah no i watched them with my grandmother and look at me i turned out Look at us. Look, look I didn't at kill, us. I've you never look at killed us? a person. <laughs> I watched horror movies as a kid. Never also, killed a person. Someone pointed out the population correction. Because yeah. I said like 800 million or some fucking stupid number. Because I can't read my sloppy ass notes. Look, I... It, yeah, it happens. And also, Lacey gets me drunk. <laughs> Yeah, it, it happens. They were very nice. I will I was say wrong. that there I are not like, eight hundred million people. In New York. I like how that. So I think it was some a listener. Was it Australia? No, where was yeah, it? Yeah, it was, it was another, like country. another country. Another country. And like, they're like, um, they were no. trying to give you grace. They're no. like, I think maybe if maybe I misheard her. No, you didn't. I <laughs> totally said the wrong number. Because like that's so sweet of you. Because I am illiterate to my own yes, handwriting. Thank you for keeping yes. us honest. So correction um, corner. I said the wrong number. It is just eight, not 800. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's so. It is. Yeah. Thank you for calling me out. I corrected it. Thank you for calling her out nicely. Nicely. Yes. You were very nice about it. Like, maybe you didn't say this, but (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I know what you probably meant, but (laughs) we're probably going to get emails Mm. about that, though, for Mm -hmm. a long time. Oh, well. Oh, well. well, Oh, well. Well, we corrected it. So get over it. It's her story. It's fine. Whatever. So, I have been watching The Midnight Club. (gasps) Shut up! Are you watching it? Yes! Yes. Oh my gosh! Don't tell me. How many episodes are you on? Oh, I've watched like five or six. Oh my god, I just watched the first one. So don't tell me. I was going to tell you that I think maybe you could watch it with Max. I I don't know. I'm not even through the first episode. It has, you'll have to see for yourself, but it has, and I think I saw an article today that it has the most jump scares of... It's good so far. Because it's it's lighter than a lot. It's there's not so far there's not a lot of bad words, which I don't yeah, love. Even though I cuss like a sailor on here, I don't do that around my child. Yeah, it's not it's it's a lot of jump scares where it just shocks you real fast. Like someone <gasps> appears quickly on the I'm screen excited. and you're like, Oh my gosh, like I'm excited. I was a lot of ah. but it's not like I think he could probably watch it. I well, don't know. I'll tell you. Hashtag not a mom. A- <laughs> AMC had a Stephen King marathon on. On Sunday. So they were showing all the things. So they showed one movie. Just kidding. Right. <laughs> it was um, red. <laughs> right. So it was, um, they started with Christine oh. and then Carrie and then Silver Bullet. So Ooh. I was like, Max, this is a scary movie. 
about werewolves because we just finished yeah. Twilight, you know. Oh, yeah. I'm like, but this is, it's got a little boy in it. So I'm yeah. trying to, I'm really selling this. So he's all, okay, let's watch it. So it comes on and it's, and he is totally uninterested. He's like, one, he's on his iPad. Is it because it's an older movie, you think? He or? was like, mother, mother. Oh, no. How would anyone even believe that is a real werewolf? Look at the <laughs> graphics oh on this God. movie. I'm like, okay, Steven Spielberg. Oh, but it really. Start a blog about I it, No, I'm like, this really, he's right. <laughs> but yeah. as a kid in 1986, oh. when that movie or four, whenever it came out, I was younger than him. And that was horrifying. Those movies scared me so much, even though they seem so ridiculous now. Now, no, they, they are that scary. was a very realistic looking werewolf when I was six years old. <sighs> but anyways, Max did not approve of the silver bullet werewolf. That Sorry, reminds King. me, I don't even know if who wrote this movie. It was, let's see. So I'm going to try that Stephen Midnight King. Club. Oh, my gosh. I Okay. So I remember when I was a kid, this movie came out in 95. I was over at a friend's house, and we we're staying up late watching scary movies. We're like, let's watch this. The Langoliers. Ooh, creepy. And it's by, let's see, it's by Stephen yeah, King. Yeah, But it's 10 plane passengers who awake to find out everyone else on their Boston-bound jet has vanished. Yeah. And so – the monsters, I remember, sound like Rice Krispies and stuff. Mm-hmm. And being, we were little. We are like, oh, my God, the Langoliers. And we were so – and it was so slow, but it was just that yeah, dread. The buildup. The yeah. dread of what are the Langoliers. And another movie, I don't know who it's by, The Tommy Knockers. Did you ever watch it, I that? I think that's by Stephen King, too. It, it, did he write everything? It, oh, my God, it is The Tommy he's, Knockers. He's a brilliant author. That came out in 87, but, oh, things are buried in the woods. The Tommy Knockers randomly. That movie really scared me. One of his that scared so me also was, um, was Sleepwalkers. Yes, terrifying. Ugh. Yeah, I thought you would love that because all the cats. Yeah, no, creepy, creepy. I like Stephen King. I do but too. Yeah, they love it. I, as a kid, that really got to me. Well, but that's then why again, I, it was. I thought he would dig. He's seen so much better graphic yeah, stuff. Exactly. That that's what it is. It's like. I remember trying to watch Fern Gully. Did you ever watch that cartoon? Uh, yeah. That was one of my favorites of all time. And I tried to make Samuel watch it because he it's, never had. No. And I'm, he's like, this is terrible. Awful. The graphics. Aww. Oh, it's like, oh. I've definitely moved up in, oh, the, in the world. Anyway. Where no. are we next week? Next week we are in Maine. Maine and then Halloween, right? And then our Halloween special. That's which be is about, do you want to tell them or surprise them? I don't know. Let's surprise them. We're going to surprise you. It's not, well. It's not our typical. It's not a typical. Halloween-y. And then we have a spooky Patreon episode coming out, too. Yeah. We're recording it tomorrow. It'll be out on the 15th. Mm-hmm. So stay tuned. Well, that's the past. It's so hard. <laughs> it's so hard. We don't know where we're at. She's She's been it, got by a Langolier. The Langoliers. Don't get got by the Langoliers. Oh, Lord. Oh, my God. There's a cat. Oh, my God. Where'd she come from? She just Lacey, my neighbor's cat just appeared. It's because she. You mentioned the sleepwalkers. Jesus Christ! We gotta go. Goodbye. Oh God, bye. <laughs>